friends reading Twilight books. Right now it is new moon, a decade late and just for fun. This is Bella Swan Song. Hello and welcome back to Bella Swan Song. I'm Lauren. I'm Sarah. In this episode, Jacob peer pressures Bella who peer pressures Alice, who peer pressures her family. And Lauren peer pressures me. We'll see about that. In these three chapters, Bella falls nearly to her death. When she wakes up, she's thinking about Romeo, Juliet, and Paris. She is reunited with Alice Cullen, who proceeds to call Bella out on her messiness and smelliness. Alice and Charlie have a chat, exposing Edward's current whereabouts since he sure isn't in Forks. Then there's a lot of confusion and drama about Edward now thinking Bella's dead because Charlie's, quote, at the funeral. Bella ultimately leaves with Alice to save Edward, despite Jacob's vows to protect her from Victoria. Let's just open this episode talking about my favorite person, Jacob Black. <laughs> Bella's excellent friend and nothing more. Okay, well, you can shove it, so... These, okay, the way that Bella talks about Jacob in these three chapters is just super painful for me personally, on a personal level, because I just think like, okay, first of all, let's just start where we need to start. At the beginning, Jacob saves her life. So, and not because of a situation that he put her in. I'm looking at you, Edward, okay? Jacob saves Bella's life the, you know, God's honest way by saving her from herself because she's jumped off a cliff, quote unquote, for recreational purposes. So he opens by saving her life. That's pretty great. And I just think he's such a warm and generous person. He's the opposite to Edward Cullen in every way. And even though like in these chapters, all Bella did was be like, weirdly, I kind of want him to be my brother, but I'm also kind of into him. It like didn't deter me from being endeared by Jacob Black. I will say, for the most part, Jacob's actions did, uh, they are endearing until he jumps down Bella's throat and like runs off into the night and leaves her all alone to maybe be killed by a mysterious vampire who could have just stolen Dr. Carlsley's car. He gives her a choice. He says, I can't buy the terms of this treaty. He says, I can't put my community in danger just because you're an idiot. So... By the terms of this treaty, I can't follow you into the house. I can't protect you if that's the Cullens. And so if you want to go in, you can go in. Otherwise, please come back with me. And Bella's like, I am a known idiot and I shall venture into my house alone. (laughs) But the treaty doesn't keep them from being in the same place. It just means they can't attack each other. If something, if it came to blows... And Jacob was unwilling to, you know, uh, surrender the terms of the treaty, then that he would be de facto killing himself. So that's that's not fair. That's not fair to put on Jacob. But if it's not the Cullens and it's Victoria playing a super sneaky trick, then Bella's dead. I mean, obviously, we know that she's playing mermaid, but Bella made an informed choice. He he was like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah, that's Starkly Carlsley's car. And he was like, are you sure? I just feel like that was so, it was so unlike basically any of the young men in these books. I'm not going to say all the men because as we know, there's some (laughs) men who just leave young people to their own devices for worse or worse. (laughs) 
But the young men in these books, they only are like, no, I will go with you at great risk to myself. I'm not listening to what you're saying. I'm going to protect you with my body no matter what. And so it's very surprised that Jacob just kind of let her go in by herself even just like staying in the driveway but again if it had come to anything he wouldn't have you know he may not have been able to help her and he may have been putting himself and and his tribe and his pack at risk the smart thing would have been for them both to go back to the reservation bella to call her own house at, at the minimum that would have been minimum brains in the operation like, I mean, there's so many other things they could have done, but Bella was like, nope, I love vampires! And Jacob was like, you literally get that these people and their insufferable egos and them thinking that they're above everything else coming back here to trigger this recessive, dormant whatever um, that they... they okay, caused... but Alice doesn't know about yeah, it. Yeah, but Carlsley knew about it. He's a huge dick. And I think that it's very reasonable that Jacob would say, look, I don't, like, there's nothing for me to do here with Okay, you know what, maybe this means this is just, I was prepared to not give Jacob a lot of credit, because I'm just defaulting to how everybody reacts in these books. But maybe Jacob showed some real maturity here. Obviously, we can't expect these things from Bella, because... No, obviously not. (laughs) But I guess maybe Jacob showed some real maturity, allowing Bella to go back to her cold people well think about what edward would have done edward would have been like i don't like your decision and therefore i shall make it so that you can't do that thing that's way worse they're both bad they're all bad this is the problem they're all bad one thing that i do want to bring up briefly too before we get too far away from the whole bella almost drowning incident is that victoria jumps like into the sea basically i think probably in an attempt to uh, use the sea to her advantage and kill Bella. And Jacob says that vampires do better in water, but other than vampires not having to breathe, I can't think of a single re- reason why they would be better in water. What if they can run so fast that they can run on top of the water, a la Dash in The Incredibles? Okay, I do think that this would be possible, and I'm very willing to allow it. Also, a la Dash The Incredibles, they can kick their legs so much, they turn into a little speedboat motor. Okay, yes, but one of them can't turn into a speedboat. <laughs> Also, I have a question about their density. Are they heavier than normal people? Bella keeps being like, they're made of marble, they're made of marble. And that just makes me think they're really heavy. Like, would they just sink? And then would they be like zooming around on the ocean floor? That would probably be more efficient, right? If Carlsley didn't want to eat animals, why didn't he walk into the ocean? (laughs) Or people, I mean, where there are no people and just eat giant squids. That would have made a lot more... Why don't they just live underwater? Yes. They're so stupid. They could be deep sea explorers. They could be discovering the rest of the ocean floor. Think about, again, all of the cool careers they could have that don't involve sunlight. Deep sea diving? Check. Art restoration? Check. That stuff can't get exposed to light. You know I want them to be criminals. There's just, there's so much other stuff. We didn't even think about the ocean before. Instead, Dr. Carsley's working nights and also part-time teaching, I guess, in windowless rooms in Cornell. 
speaking of other things that are large and uncontrollable, like the oceans and the giant squid that Carlsley could be feasting on, uh, Bella Swan's emotions. <laughs> Specifically, in this chapters, in these chapters, she goes on quite a little, quite a deep dive, shall we say, continuing our ocean theme. Um, quite a deep dive on uh, the works of one William Shakespeare, in particular, a little play I don't know if you guys will have heard of. It's called Romeo and Juliet. One, I meant to do a bunch of research today to sort of refresh myself because I read Romeo and Juliet last in high school. We read it and then we did some excellent group projects on it where my group filmed uh, like a la West Side Story opening musical number with the Montagues and the Capulets and then did a duel on my friend's driveway. Yes, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to begin this little rant with the caveat that I may be making some generalizations based on what I think I remember about Romeo and Juliet, and I could be incorrect. But what I think I remember about Ro Romeo and Juliet, basically, to me, reading this felt like Stephanie Meyer uh, had heard about Romeo and Juliet and had not actually read it. It was more like Stephanie Meyer had listened to the Taylor Swift song that's like Romeo and Juliet-esque, but had instead been like, oh, but then they commit suicide at the end. The whole thing about Romeo, it's not that he's actually in love with Rosalind. Yeah. Which he is just bouncing from girl to girl. Like, he doesn't care. It's just about who's the prettiest belle at the ball at this one moment. And then he ends up fixated on Juliet. So... That's the first thing. It's not like he just was super in love with Rosalind and then would have run away with her instead. There's also this whole bit about Paris where it's like, Juliet, what if Juliet just was like defaulted to Paris, but Paris was like this sort of figurehead yeah. placeholder to like back her into a corner. But that's not really what's going on. Basically, it's just a societal move for Juliet's family for her to marry Paris, right? It's like a stepping up because he's the prince, he's in charge. And her, it's really about the like tension between these two families that she goes diving into as opposed to sidestepping, which it would have been with marrying Paris. And ultimately, the story of Romeo and Juliet is not really about these two being in love, because they're not really in love. They're just two children who have met one night at a party, and then things sort of spiral out of control. It's really about the tensions between their two families, and how those expound and create the situation where suddenly it's deadly for the two of them. And then at the end of it, their deaths are what bring their families together. So really what it would be is if Edward and Jacob were to fall in love, but their families can't be together <laughs> because they hate each other. Keep talking! And instead, they had killed each other in a vampire, werewolf, murder, suicide pact, or killed themselves because they yes. can't be together and the treaty is causing more werewolves to pop up and the vampires, and then with their deaths... The vamps and the uh, werewolves got together and been like, look, this was so tragic. We can't let this happen to any more of our bright young people. So uh, Bella, I guess, can play the role of Paris in this, where she would have been like, guys, no more. We're not fighting anymore. You guys are going to be friends now. Because Paris is the one who like sort of settles that at the end. So basically what I'm going with this is that there's this little bit that's just a complete... Yes 
misunderstanding of what actually is happening in Romeo and Juliet. I'm going to stop you right now because you already have a nugget of gold and I am going to need you to immediately enter the Twilight fanfiction space. Okay, if this hasn't already been written and I don't know because I unfortunately have never in my life read Twilight fanfiction, um... Even if it has already been written, you could do it better. So please, and please make it as blatant as possible. <laughs> I will be writing in verse. Yes, you obviously will be. And it will still be set in Verona. Of course. If they're not Italian, the play doesn't work. And I mean that. And I really mean that. And I didn't understand that when I read it the first time either, until I, for reasons which shall not be disclosed, uh, ended up doing a bunch of research on Italy in the 1590s. And then I realized a lot of stuff about that play makes a lot of sense. They don't tell you that. Anyway, what I'm saying is, first of all, you should write this. And second of all, everybody should get on Wikipedia or something, because there's a lot of intrigue to be found in uh, the 15th century Italy and the way that uh, their society expected them to behave and it makes Romeo and Juliet a lot more enjoyable and make a lot more sense. Thank you, bye. After Bella's near drowning, as we mentioned, she goes back, she gets taken back to her house by Jacob and Dr. Carlsley's car is in her driveway. Why they didn't sell the cars? But anyways, it's not Dr. Carlsley. It's because they're so rich they don't have to think about it. They can just leave cars wherever. How is it still? They've been gone a year? Was it just like sitting in the... Anyways, not important. What's important is that it's not Dr. Carlsley in the car. It's Alice waiting. And Bella's so happy she runs headlong into her dear friend. And it's like running into a brick wall, which sounds terrible. Well, everything about Bella's life sounds terrible. But you know whose lives don't sound terrible are the Cullens' lives now, except possibly for Edward, but we'll get to that. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, I glossed over this because I'm not interested in the Cullens. Uh, what are they all doing? I will say I uh, had started to gloss over it, and then I was taken aback by a single sentence which seemed to tell us more about Esme than anything else, which is that she has been restoring houses. Good! I like to see her getting out and having a pursuit other than simply being a mother. Meanwhile, Dr. Carlsley is working nights and part-time teaching in the windowless rooms of Cornell. Jasper, I guess, is also hanging out at Cornell because I think he's getting his, like, PhD in psychology or something along those lines. He's doing some sort of, like, graduate program, I believe. Emmett and Rosalie go... To Europe for their other honeymoon. I don't know why they're still calling it a honeymoon. It's just a trip. They're just going on a trip. Because they're in love. It's cute. Oh, wait, even better. Esme's restoring a 17th century house, a historical monument in the forest. Is she restoring it for another person? Herself? Doesn't matter. That's literally my dream life. Will she adopt me? Renee Bin. I almost was like, what's Bella's mom's name? Rosalie? No. Freudian slip. Um, here's what I have to say is that, um, Renee could be doing literally anything and it wouldn't surprise me. If you said that Phil had failed out of the major leagues and they decided to start a snorkel company in Jamaica, I would believe you. Like, there's just, there's nothing that I wouldn't believe Renee wouldn't try. 
The real question, though, is what has Edward been up to? Number one, he could be being a Nickelback groupie and following them around on tour. Number two, he could be very deep in the Amazon rainforest studying sloths. Oh, good. Are there sloths in the Amazon? Okay, I'll take your word for it. A cheesemongering apprenticeship. He's Mm. learning how to make cheese. Mm, Good. I was also going to say he was taking up some sort of trade. I was imagining him as a backwoods mechanic. See, what I'm hearing from that is you really want Edward to be Jacob, who is actually a mechanic. So (laughs) just think about that. Um, I think that he could be an extremely pretentious fixture in a mid-sized publishing house. Think about it. He keeps strange hours. He's very beautiful. Uh, He wears clothes that don't make any sense. (laughs) He's ticking all of the boxes. He could be observing rare wildlife in the desert. That would be super fun and cool. He could be like the only person knowing about all that stuff. That's exactly the type of pretentious bullshit he would love. Except knowing him, he's probably been doing nothing, sitting on the top of a mountain, uh, skulking in a cave like a hermit. He probably bought... 1200 pints of Ben and Jerry's and they just let it all melt in front of him the the Cullens call him up on the phone they're like what are you doing Edward and he's like nothing and Alice is like are you sure you aren't ankles deep in Chunky Monkey he has 40 different screens all playing reruns of Friends (laughs) I was gonna go with Celine Dion my heart will go on He's just continually watching the first 45 minutes of the Titanic before the boat starts to sink. He's watching that one scene from Love Actually where Emma Thompson broke all of our hearts into a million pieces. That's literally, that's one of, that may be the best scene ever filmed in a movie. That may be the best acting that we've ever caught on camera. Yeah, why do they leave him alone? He's obviously extremely unhappy, and they're just like, eh, whatever. I mean, then again, Carlsley did basically starve himself until he ate a deer. So I think maybe they don't have the best judgment. Because in these chapters, we realize that Charlie, he's talking to Alice, and Bella overhears him. Charlie's like, yeah, Bella's been so uh, terribly upset for this whole time, and he does nothing. So we're, let's 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 divvy this up. I've already started going in on Charlie, so I'll take him. Number one, he knows that his daughter is in an unbelievable amount of pain. Uh, the, the word catatonic is used, and he does nothing 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 he doesn't do anything in of substance and he also weirdly refuses to let bella see a doctor and he also weird or i guess weirdly refuses to let a doctor see bella and he also just lets her continue to freaking cook and clean and do whatever even though he knows that she's having like the most miserable time in the entire world and all he does is like continue to be a lump Aren't you, if you're, listen to me, I know that this is not true, but I think in a perfect world, if you're a member of the police force, like, you should be fundamentally a good and caring person who, like, tries to make the world better, but he, he's not, he's not, he's not, he can't even, you know, express substantive empathy in a, in a proactive manner for his daughter, and that's just, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. Well, is it worse to be present and watch all of that and like be like oh i guess she's look she's got a new friend now so i'll encourage that a little bit and hope she does better or 
just to let your child who's been pretty open about being well maybe he hasn't been maybe he's just suicidal to Bella well no Jasper can read emotions and Alice can read the future so I'm not buying for a second that they don't know right there he's on Edward is obviously in unbelievable amounts of pain which is saying something because he lives in sulk city like he exists yeah and i do want to just say i know although we just made a lot of fun of him that's very serious and that's not we're we're poking at his drama queenness drama queen personality we're not trying to make light of substantive serious mental health issues there but continue yes absolutely anyways dr carlsley seemingly is like We'll just get on with our lives. First of all, we'll absolutely support our son in doing, making this terrible choice, but then sort of leaving him to his own devices. We're just going to let him wander the globe, I would assume, just being incredibly, incredibly sad forever. Yeah. Alice at one point says like, oh, Edward is not planning to live much longer than you do, Bella. Which, like, if you know that sort of thing is coming, oh, God, get involved. Yeah. Honestly, thinking about this, like, really, really thinking about this, I don't, I don't know which one is worse. Beyond the, I, like, I want to say, like, on the one hand, it seems like Dr. Carly doesn't care. And to be frank, it sounds like his whole family doesn't care to the point where they're just like, yeah, whatever, Edward will kill himself. And that's that. Um, but at the same time, like, what kind of person do you have to be to sit around and watch someone be in so much pain and do nothing every single day? Well, I feel like with Dr. Carlsley and the rest of the family, like, they're operating on such a different time scale. So to them, it's like, this is a little blip. Like, we have literally all the time in the world to sort of pass through this. Yeah, but they know... They Edward has been sad for his whole vampire on life. What what is it? A, his whole vampire existence. That's like that's quintessential to his person, and that's what we get a lot in the first book. Is like, oh, Edward's been so unhappy for so long, and in this gross way where they're like, oh, it's because he doesn't have a mate, which is like again just really stupid. I I don't know. It just oh god, they're both bad. Let's let's declare it a tie. <laughs> You know, what's not a tie is what Bella and Alice decide to do. They decide to take action. They're not sitting around like Charlie and Carlsley. We get a little uh, a little reenactment of um, some Romeo and Juliet, where in the world's worst game of telephone tag, Edward calls the house, Jacob picks up, Jacob thinks it's Dr. Carlsley asking for Charlie, he says Charlie's at the funeral, which is not Bella's funeral, which Edward had been led to believe by Rosalie, but is in fact Harry Clearwater's funeral. And so he immediately, rather than trying to do any more fact-finding, Edward decides to travel to Italy and meet with the vampire royalty and ask them to end his life. And his own life. Yes. I think one thing that I'm mad about here is that basically Stephanie Meyer killed Harry Clearwater, like, for a plot point. Yes. I just, that doesn't sit well with me. Also, I am starting to believe that both of our predictions will come true. Yeah. 
because they're obviously there. So basically, Bella and Alice decide to go to Italy to so, because Alice says like the only way that Edward won't go through with this is if he sees you because he'll know that we'll tr- we'll be trying to trick him. So he has to like see Bella and know that it's you know she's still alive or whatever. And so there is going to be the you know this moment in the wherever they are in Italy, but. That's not, I don't think that's going to be the end of the book because Victoria is still skulking around Forks. Right. They basically like haven't addressed Victoria truly at all. Yeah. So I think that they're going to go to Italy. This is this could be spoilers, but I'm not sure because I haven't read it yet. I think they're going to go to Italy. I think that Bella's going to save Edward from himself. I think that they're all going to return contentiously to Forks. Okay. And that's going to be major drama for all the obvious reasons. And then I think Victoria is going, they're going to be like, okay, we got to kill Victoria because she's not going to stop hunting Bella until the deed is done. And then I think that unfortunately for all involved, the Cullens and the werewolves are going to have to team up and then we're going to get the whole, the mountain thing. That's if that doesn't happen in this book, I'm going to lose my mind. And then uh, Edward and Jacob are going to realize their undying love for each other. They're going to travel back to Italy. Yes. With uh, Jacob's cousin, who's, I guess, Sam, but is essentially going to be Tybalt. Then we just need more death, basically, if we really want to get to Romeo and Juliet. Well, you know what? You can work that out in, in your plotting. I look forward to hearing about that in a couple of episodes when you can read us a plot summary of your new edition. I will prepare a very detailed outline. Don't you worry, kids. Okay, I'm really going to hold you to that. And I know you think that I'm joking, but I've never, ever joked about anything less. So, And with that threat, ladies and gentlemen and champions of all genders, we look forward to the next three chapters, which are <clears throat> Race, Volterra, and verdict. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. That that seems pretty ominous. Verdict. Looking at these chapter titles, I'm beginning to think that this mountaintop thing is not going to happen. You'll hear all about it on Bella's Swan, Swan Song. <laughs> Catch you next time on Bella Swan Song. Emma Thompson. It's a modern family. <laughs>